That night I had a dream. I drifted off thinking about happiness, birth, and new life. But now I was haunted by a vision of blah 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 blah. blah. He was horrible. I want to suck your blood. I also want to suck your twinkie. A man with all the powers of hell at his command. Oh, vision! Is this in 3D? No, but your face is. You could turn the day into night. Have a nice flight. And laid the waste to everything in his path. Chrissy, over by the wall. Bring me the big knife. It was especially hard on little things. Bring me the big knife. I'm gonna cut my throat. Helpless and the gentle creatures. Give me my wife. He let the scorched earth in his wake be foul on even the sweet desert breeze that whipped across his brow. It's like unbeatable. I didn't know where he came from or why. Give me my wife. I don't know if you would dream or vision. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Welcome back to the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. Got it and won for the first time! I'm Luke. I'm Devin. I'm Abby. And this week we're talking about honeymoon in vegas which it's kind of sad that this isn't just a movie adaptation of the honeymooners starring nick cage because that would be an insane mess that i would actually super enjoy nick cage would would bam zip zap off to the moon to a lot of people (laughs) no i don't know about you alice but i'm gonna send you a whiff Bam! Pow! Straight to the moon! Is that a good Nicolas Cage? I didn't know if you were actually attempting to be Jackie Gleason there, or if that was supposed to be Nicolas Cage, so I'm gonna go with no. I am also going to go with no. (laughs) You're bringing me down, man! I truly thought that was just the weirdest attempt anybody ever gave to Jackie Cage. <laughs> How do you think Nicholas? Okay, it depends on what era Nicholas Cage would be doing this movie. Because if it's like early Cage and he's like doing experimental, it might be like, you know, Alice, one of these days I'm going to send you with bam, pow, straight to the moon. That was more believable that you weren't just trying to do about Jackie Gleason. It was not a good cage. It was just more <laughs> understandably not the worst Jackie Gleason I've ever heard in my life. All right. So, yes, obviously I have no idea what this movie is about. You guys have gone through The Simpsons recently, right? Uh, we stopped. But but when? Uh, when in season 10? I think we stopped shortly after Real Principal Skinner. Well, that's a shame. Oh, and no, and no, it's season 13. The one where Ned and Homer go to Vegas? No. Do you know the episode? It's where Artie Ziff wants to spend the weekend with Marge, and if so, he will pay for the expensive surgery yes, to fix it. I am very familiar with that episode because it always was one of the ones that creeped me out the most. Oh, great, because this is basically what the movie is. Oh, it's an indecent proposal. But they're basically the same movie. Mm -hmm. Cannot wait. Wait, so does Cage play Artie Zip or is he the Homer? Cage is the the Homer. Who is the Zip? James Caan. What? James Caan! And Sarah Jessica Parker is March. I need to check the age difference between Sarah Jessica Parker and Renee Cage now. I think they're the same age. She is 55, and he is 56. That's kind of wild. It seems like he would be older. Yeah. I would guess that she was at least 15 years younger than him. But I guess she also started... When did this movie come out? Uh, 1992. Yeah, I feel like she her career started a lot later compared to K-12. 
changes, mm-hmm. which also could have played into my general perception of her age. That's fair. She did play Rusty in the hit 1984 film, Footloose. Now, what if Nicolas Cage played Samantha in a remake of Sex and the City? That would be hard. Who else would you cast in this remake of Sex and the City to play well (laughs) with Nicolas? Please give me the rest of your Sex and the City cast. (laughs) The problem is okay. I don't know enough of the, of the Sex and the City characters to give good responses as well. Steve Buscemi is Miranda. <laughs> Continue. Uh, James Gandolfini is uh, the Carrie. R.I.P. What the fucking shit, man? <laughs> like, I can kind of understand up to when you went for Gandolfini for a carry. <laughs> I couldn't think of any actors. I froze. I don't know who James Gandolfini is off the top of my head. It's just a name. Well, if we're going for the weird sitcom list like this, you have Cage, you have Buscemi. Let's be real. You have new Adam Sandler. Now, would Sandler be, would Sandler be the Carrie or the Charlotte? Though? I, you gotta play, pick one. <laughs> I don't know who any of those characters are. Okay. I don't know who those characters are. Who was the one who had too many kids? This is not a plot line of Sex in the City. Is, yeah, is so- Carrie Sarah Jessica Parker? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Cage was. And then Miranda's the old Miranda's the old one, right? No, he said. He said Cage would be Samantha, who's Kim Cattrall. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. Is that the one oh, he so ran for governor the younger people. No. No, that's that was... Miranda? Yeah. Yeah, Miranda's the redhead. Ah. Who, she has kids. Like, her plotline is, she's trying to have a balance between motherhood and also she still wants to hook up with young guys. No! But her husband is bad. Not really. Okay. She also doesn't have children until, like, season, like, the last two seasons. Maybe. And then the other one is the really waspy one. Yes. Who she catches her mom having sex with a gardener, or is it her who has sex with... So, Sex and the City is one of those Are shows... Are you confusing Sex and the City with Desperate Housewives right no. now? No, because Sex and the City, they used to show it on TBS, very edited. So... I saw, like, three episodes, but I saw those three episodes for whatever reason multiple times because I guess they had the least amount of stuff that needed to be edited out for broadcasting during the daytime on basic cable. You've just dug yourself into a hole because now after we finish Detroiters, we're just going to have to watch all of Sex in the City now. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure Detroiters is the exact same thing as Sex in the City. It's both about cities. They both love to eat hot dogs, I'm assuming. There's going to be lots of Detroit references because Sex and the City is all about Detroit. Detroit is the other character. Detroit is the fifth woman at the table. John Hamm is the other actor that I would pick. I can see Hamm being a good Charlotte. I will I will accept that. Gandolfini is just Yeah, no, Gandolfini was me stretching for a name. Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston, I think, could make a good person at the table. <laughs> Tommy Hits! But now you're getting too far out of the age range. Yeah, he's way too young. Okay. Anyway, even, like, even John Hamm is kind of pushing it as a little too yeah, young. Yeah, <laughs> if you're going to go with, like, Buscemi and... They're all in their mid-50s. John Hamm, I'm looking, is 49, so he can be, like, their young friend... Okay, yeah, Tom Hiddleston is 67, so he is too old. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston is 60. Then you know what, <laughs> let's, throw, let's just throw in the fun AMC crowd, Brian Cranston, as the, their older friend. I, I could see, uh, what's his name? Or Brian yes. Cranston is big. Mm. So it's a queer Sex and the City reboot with hell yeah. guys. It's about how there's no good women in New York because a plague has hit New York City. So they're all trying to find their partners for the apocalypse. 
It's the it's comedy a version of Why the Last Man, but in reverse. Uh-huh. Well, then who would be the last woman? Who would be our Yorick? I don't know. That's not in the show. That would be in the, that would be in a, going to be a... That would be in the spinoff show, Why the Last Woman. Or I get XX the Last Woman. But we are talking about having an all-male cast. Yeah. But if you're saying that it's going to be a Why the Last Man situation, then you have to have at least... You have to have the final woman. That's a spinoff show, Luke. Okay. It's okay. a shared universe. Can magic exist? Sure. Okay. <laughs> and that magic is Manolo Blanc's. Run it back! Also, Carrie Mulligan is the last one. I'm sorry, woman. how did you just pronounce that shoe brand? <laughs> Manolo Blanc's. I butchered it. Did you, Blanc's? Uh huh. Okay, there's like three letters you left out in that pronunciation. Manolo Blanquettes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, do you know how to pronounce that shoe brand? What is it? Manolo Blancs. What's that? Manolo Blonics is what ah, I'm attempting to say right now. I'll repeat that. The fuck's that? It's a fancy type of shoe that costs way too much that rich white people buy. Ah. It's it's a shoe designer, not a type of shoe? There's only one type of shoe that I know that rich white people buy, which are Yeezys, and they look stupid. Wow. That's a Yeezy take, Devin. That is true. Oh. Also, I don't think you heard me. Carrie Mulligan is the last woman on Earth. Interesting. That, again, a different side television program entirely. Completely. I'll accept it. She will never appear in the Sex and the City reboot that I'm that we were making. No. No, just the spinoff of it. Yeah. It'll be like, what's we're- it called? Like, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, where a minor character from Sex and the City will cross over, but no one actually cares. Or like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where they can make references to the bigger events happening, but they're not really going to have a crossover. That's true. (laughs) Final season starting up. It's good. (sighs) Which is then the most disappointing part, which is when the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has proven actually to be the best of the Marvel TV shows. I mean, the others did... Kind of shoot themselves in the foot pretty quickly. That they did. Daredevil and J. Jones season one's both excellent. Everything else after that was eh to bad. Yeah, I stopped watching. Yeah, me too. I've seen Arrow. That's DC. I also yeah, could you... not make it past the first like three episodes of that. Oh yeah, no, Eric Arrow drags on forever, I, I think. He I... just wanted to be Batman so hard. He did. Wait. Then I thought Flash. Are all the CBS superhero shows DC? Yes. The CW? Yes. Because CW is owned by Warner Brothers, who owns DC Comics. Wow. Technically, CBS was also a DC one. Supergirl was on that for a while. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, we're not going to keep giving you money for this. We're and then push you downstream. And then Greg, what's his name? Orlando. Yeah, was just like, whatevs, I'm taking this back. Oh, and also, you know, Constantine? We're taking him too. Yeah. Only Constantine all shows the hits every day. So what if the Hanna-Barbera reboot had been on the CW versus attempting to put it off with Scoob? I mean... I feel like Gritty Hanna-Barbera could work out better. I, I mean, you could do Scooby-Doo where it's pretty much supernatural but more teens. Isn't that just fucking Riverdale? No. There's... There's no talking dog in Riverdale. 
Uh, are you like caught up on Riverdale, Devin? Great. No. There very well could be. There very well could be. There was an underground fighting ring that Archie was in. He got mauled by a bear. Uh, nice. Weird, weird stuff happened. But no, you have it as mystery teens with a mystery every week, and sometimes the monsters are... Okay, so it'd be the Nancy Drew show with the talking dog. And then you bring over that girl who plays Josie, but then put them in space. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they have all the pussycats in there, but Josie got moved on to the Katie Keene show. Yeah. But the problem is, where do you expand from there? Like, are you going to say that, oh, yes, there is an underwater civilization that is living here? Yes, because then you do Jabberjaw. Okay. Or then you do some cool drag races, and then you bring in everyone's favorite pal, Speed Buggy. Okay, and are we also going to be bringing in, like, the Chan Clan? That way we can have a show with a large amount of Asian representation, where they also solve mysteries. Yeah, that's what's his, what's their names? The Chan Powerpuff Girls. The Chan Clan. Really the Chan Clan. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. Reboot. Oh, you cut out on you. I think you said Chan Clan. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, but then I, I I feel like you're just trying to go for the easy ones there, and it's going to fall into sort of basic patterns. Like, are we also going to see them try to make a live action Huckleberry Hound? Fuck yeah. And then a live-action Peter Potamus with his best pal, So-So. There. The hair, uh, the hair Bear Bunch? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then most importantly, I want to know what Luke and Blubber Bear are doing when they're not racing. The number eight car, the Arkansas Chugbug. And let's get some deep backstory on Petu- uh, on a... Uh... Petunia pit stop of the anthill mob. That was it. Pen- no, Penelope, Penelope pit stop. Penelope pit stop in the anthill mob. I knew it was sounding wrong. She had her own show. It was the but a live action show. Oh sure. Because yeah, there's the, the perils think... of Penelope pit stop. Mm-hmm. I think they tried to do a gritty Penelope pit stop in that DC wacky races comic, and they just made a lot of weird choices. Then they also had the weird dastardly and Muttley show. I want some more of that expand them oh yeah let them catch that pigeon Mm -hmm. i don't know why i thought this would be a quick sidebar i have made an obvious terrible error that was i watched a lot of hanna-barbera growing up because we haven't even hit the flintstones and the jetsons yet um we don't need more live action flintstones the current two movies are perfect and do not need any uh, re-adaptation they don't need re-adaptations, they can just make sequels. What's Bring it called? Whatever that show... Cast. Yeah, I mean, whatever that show that John Goodman's on is getting cancelled, the Roseanne spinoff, probably. And Rick Moranis, I've heard, is thinking of coming back to acting, so... Cause he's... I think he actually already has a couple projects in the... Yeah, because they're doing a TV show of the... Uh, honey, honey, I the, Shrunk the, the Shrunk, yeah. yeah, for the Disney+. Plus. Rick Moranis would make a really good George Jetson, though he is pretty old at this point. But he'll be in the Flintstone show playing Barney Rubble. You wouldn't want, like... I'm picturing a family, like, in their 30s. Rick Moranis is, like, in his 60s. Yeah. I feel like mid-50s. No, I feel like no. Rick Moranis has just always looked like a saddled man. Rick, Rick Moranis is old. Yeah, he's he's 67. If the Flintstones and the Rubbles are too old, then you're just going to get into a Pebbles and Bam Bam teen show situation. Nobody wants that. We already had that. It was fine. Nobody really wants more of it. But yeah, give me some fucking sexy Herculoids. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this movie, because we were debating some other films. really what is I want a live-action Flintstones with John Lovitz playing... The role of Fred. Ooh, interesting. I, once again, I think he's too old for the part of Fred. He's just an older man. But the thing is, is like, at least I do not remember the first one, but I know that at least Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas, they made it so that they didn't have to have children. 
So I feel like you're putting too much emphasis on the family part of this because they've already done two live-action movies that did not center around the kids. Fair. So I feel like they could easily do that again and then just make them two older couples without children. If they and they could then have a vengeance movie where you see Agent Dale Cooper break out of his stone prison when he got uh, encapsulated in stone. Uh, I haven't seen the end of... Uh, I haven't seen the most recent season of Twin Peaks. I, I was just bl- blanking on uh, Kyle MacLachlan's name for a second. Oh, okay. Because awesome. that's what happens to him at the end of the, fl- the Flintstones. Yeah. Yes. Okay. God, that's a good movie. Yeah. Though, here's, here's a pitch for you. Billy Eichner as Barney Rubble. Yeah, Barney Rubble. He would be a good Barney Rubble. Mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. He's not short enough, though. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. You just get an even taller person to play Fred Flintstone. LeBron James. Yes. I was going to go with Shaq. So. Actually, yeah, I prefer Shaq. Shaq, 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 Shaq. It's a yabba dabba do time. You'll have a do time. Uh, okay, but we need to get to Honeymoon in Vegas. Uh, I know nothing about this movie except for our brief description that we had, where it's pretty much The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought it was The Honeymooners, so obviously I know a lot about it as well. We are going to be watching this on the Hulu. It We're also has a Hulu. small appearance by a seven-year-old Bruno Mars. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is there any other trivia we need to know before we get started, Devin? Not really. Ben Stein's in this, and so is Tony Shalhoub, in addition to the other actors I mentioned. Well, I always love an appearance by the Shalhoub, and Ben Stein is an awful person. Yeah. But I used to love his show as a child. Oh, yeah. But he was never actually wagering his own money, because he was a coward. Oh, truth. And like all conservative people, you will never actually do anything that could cause them long-term financial stress. It's true. But it did spawn the life of Jimmy Kimmel. And I do love Jimmy Kimmel. But on the other hand, that also spawned Adam Carolla. Yeah. That's some real, you woke up the dragon of peace and you woke up the dragon of war shit there. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, But yeah, we are going to watch this movie now and we'll see you after the honeymoon in Vegas. I have bad news, Devin. What, Luke? I'm the devil in disguise. Boo. 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 Yeah, I, I think that was the most enjoyable movie that we watched. Yeah. No, it was super fun. I did not make Luke pause it at any time and ask him how much more time was left in the movie. No, it was nice. it was very light to watch. I think it's also the most believable we've gotten Cage as a romantic lead because this is the least Cage we've had in a movie. Like, I didn't really feel like he was doing an accent of any kind, which I enjoyed. And also, except for, like, the kind of going crazy in the airport scene where he was supposed to be getting riled up, it didn't really feel like he had, like, such, like, weird manic energy that was just like i'm a little hippity hot boy and i don't know what to do with my body this was like him doing minimalist acting but it really worked Mm mm-hmm knock it cage nailed it Uh uh-huh thoroughly enjoyable fuck james con fuck james con fuck james con (laughs) yeah he he makes a kind of wonderful asshole I mean, he's really good at that part. 
Mm-hmm. It's just such an insane premise, too. Well, let's quickly go over it. Now that we know that uh, James Khan did not know Betsy's mom and trying to have sex with her in the past, because that was... Was that how you briefly misunderstood it based on Devin's description? No. I thought the when I first saw her... I, when we first saw her in the lawn chair, because they tried to make it look so 60s, I was kind of wondering, because Devin had said the whole Artie Ziff thing, mm-hmm. but obviously James Caan is so much older than Nicolas Cage and Sarah Jessica Parker, I was kind of wondering if it was, like, even creepier than it actually was, that, like, um, Betsy's mom had been, like, James Caan's, like, high school girlfriend or whatever, and she was, like, the one who got away, but she's obviously, like, old now. That would have been fucking wild. So then he was just, like, person (laughs) who completely looks like my high school girlfriend. I must possess you because you look exactly like my high school girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. That's what I thought when between James, uh, between, um, Devin mentioning Artie Ziff and just like the very like look at this 60s beach chair scene uh so Luke is going to try for one of his patented summaries of the movie good luck with that okay so Nicolas Cage plays Jack Singer who had to promise his mom on her deathbed seconds before she died that he would never get married because she didn't believe in marriage she didn't years believe old. that any woman would ever make him as happy as she made him. Which mm-hmm. is a very problematic premise to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, in the future... Four years go by. Mm-hmm. Jack is in a relationship with Betsy, a school teacher played by Sarah Jessica Parker. And he is refusing to propose to her because he thinks it's complicated. Another year goes by... And she's saying that they're on the rocks, and so he decides to just say, fuck it, we're going to go have a wedding in Vegas. He goes, and he's hesitant to just get the whole wedding over initially, and that is when James Kahn, who plays Tommy Corman, the biggest high roller in all of Las Vegas, who will grab, who will grab Bunk from the TV show Monk by the Balls if he can't get his special room, uh, he... Sees Sarah Jessica Parker and is like, hey, she looks hot and she's blonde, just like my dead wife, who she died because she tanned exactly too much. exactly like my dead wife. I don't think My dead wife was either. also played by Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker. Parker. Did you miss that? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, Jesus. no, Sarah Jessica Parker no. played both roles. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. <clears throat> so he ends up uh, tricking Nicolas Cage into a large game of poker claiming that everything will just be paid for by the house and then he gets Nicolas Cage on the hook when he has a very good hand but it turns out that he didn't have the best hand we'd never actually find out if he cheated on the hand Uh, it's heavily implied yeah it's very heavily implied it is very heavily implied yeah so James Conn's like hey you owe me $65,000 no one's going to loan it to you uh, I'll forgive it all if I can spend a weekend with this woman who you have not married, even though you've been in a long-term relationship with. And he doesn't want to do it, can't find anything, tells Sarah Jessica Parker, Betsy, and she doesn't like this at all, but she goes along with it because she wants to help because she generally likes Nicolas Cage in this movie. But she's getting showered with wealth, and then James kind of is like, hey, we should go to Hawaii. I have a big house there because I'm super dumb and rich, and I also have a son there. You can meet my son and his daughter and enjoy Hawaii. And Nicholas Cage is like, wait, you didn't say you're going to Hawaii? That's a very bad Nicholas Cage. That's not Nicholas Cage in that at no. all. Thank you. Because first off, Cage has like way more of like the voice strain as he's like freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah. all gravelly. Yeah. So they fly off to Hawaii. Cage initially goes back to New York to try and figure out what to do, but it turns out this high roller is dangerous, and 
he's trying to get the money, doesn't work on it, and then he finds out that, oh, he's going to be a big old creep, so he heads out to Hawaii. James Kahn finds out about this and sends Pat Morita to try and distract him. And so Pat Pat out of Mr. Miyagi, bros. Mm -hmm. Who ends up driving him out to Everybody Loves Raymond's dad's house, where he's doing a weird Marlon Brando impression, apparently. Yeah, he is. As the chief, which is very weird because he is not Hawaiian at all. So Cage steals Pat Morita's taxi and goes to the golf club after tracking down where James Conn is, tries to fight him, and ends up getting arrested because James Conn is rich and white and everybody knows him. And he continues to gaslight Sarah Jessica Parker into falling in love with him. And gets her there to say, hey, you're going... What? Abby's- she doesn't fall in love with him. He kind of coerces her into believing that Nick Cage only owed him $3,000 and offered Sarah and Jessica Parker up before he was informed by James Conn that that was the only way to get out of the bet. So James Conn just straight up super gaslights Sarah Jessica Parker, who's just like, okay, fuck it, I want kids soon, so I'm just going to agree to this marriage because I don't really want to start over looking for a new relationship, and I'm heartbroken because everything that Jack told me was a lie, and I can't believe that. At the same time, as you're not supposed to victim blame, but at the same time, Sarah Jessica Parker bleeped a lot of real bullshit lies. She, yeah. There's a fight on a golf course. Um, Jack ends up calling out to Betsy, and then Betsy somehow believes that it's just the wind that exactly. clearly says her fucking name. Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights. What, 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 Wuthering Heights. So it's like, yes, was he gaslighting her at the same time? No, it was just the wind saying your name. Mm -hmm. So Cage is thrown into jail, and Betsy and James Conn head back to Vegas for their wedding. Cage gets out of jail. Pat Morita's like, hey, I feel sorry you're getting majorly screwed over by this rich dude. So have a safe trip back. But he misses the flight back directly to Vegas. And so he has to go to San Jose, but James Kahn knows connections in San Jose, so he gets that plane trip canceled. But there's been an Elvis convention going on the entire weekend in Las Vegas, and so Nick Cage sees a plane of Elvises getting on board, and he's like, hey, are you going to Vegas? And they're like, yeah. Turns out they are an Elvis diving team. Skydiving team, that is. And meanwhile... Betsy has realized that there's a lot of things she's not really enjoying. She wants to try and push off the wedding for a month. James Conn refuses to do that. Starts offering her ridiculous amounts of money to just give the marriage a try. Starting with half a million and then a million dollars. Even if they get divorced. And she says, give me some time. She runs off, hides, changes into a showgirl's outfit. Well, he goes kind of crazy and like grabs her and tells her that she entered into a contract with him, so she is not allowed to not marry him now. So in order to get away from him being incredibly abusive in the moment, she runs away, but he sends his lackey to follow her, so she has to hide in a troop of showgirls in order to get out of the building, which she does. Uh, you can legally uphold a oral contract in Las Vegas, apparently, if you can provide proof, which is horrifying. Uh, yeah, so, Nicholas Cage is in the plane, all the Elvises are kind of messing around with him, he's not sure if he's going to be able to skydive correctly or not, because he's never skydove. But it turns out he gets it right, even though he ignores all the rules that they told him and just pulls both cords instead of the two cords in order. To be fair, they were fucking with him and kept telling him the opposite cords and then switching them on him every single, like, two minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he lands and his arrival is announced by famous uh, Saturday Night Live announcer Don Pardo. 
And that is when R.I.P. R.I.P. And that is when Betsy sees him getting announced and lands, and the two of them meet. And James Scott is like, "Shit, okay, I guess I'll have to go and coerce another woman into falling in love with me." And then Nicholas Cage and Betsy and all of the Elvises get married. Hell yeah! And it's great. Mm-hmm. Holly Yammer's Elvis relationship. We also- get a seven-year-old Elvis Presley played by. Everyone's favorite, uh, Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. That was great. Abby thought that he was lip-syncing. To he himself. I think he's lip-syncing to himself. There were definitely, like, two bars where the song continued, but his lips did not move in real time. Oh, probably. I mean, that's what that's most movies. Fair. So, also... Yeah. As part of our normal tradition of how much it costs now, they said that the hotels cost $120 a night back in 1992, which translates into $223.62. Now, looking at the current Caesars Hotel, which owns the ballet where the movie was shot, uh, it really varies if you're going in the middle of the week, but the prices are much cheaper to get a sweet oh really uh uh-huh. well oh, right now because vegas is just reopening yeah they're like come to oh vegas sure, for sure, sure. yeah bucks, yeah but so it's really hard to tell what the actual I was gonna say, I was like that was a that was a pretty nice hotel room they were in uh-huh. right the alibaba suite which yeah. no longer exists yeah probably because no it's very appropriate it's called the alibaba suite mm-hmm. probably and that sixty five thousand dollars translates into $118,000. Well, closer to 119000 Yeah. Yay, inflation. Student loans. Yeah. So, yeah. so Devin? Yes, Lou? Would you marry James Caan, even if it's just for a week for a million dollars? James Caan, the actor, seems pretty cool. So probably. What, what about the character that he played in this movie? Mm, it was a pretty nice house. Oh yeah. Yes. The part that I uh, that always was getting to me as we were watching this was what does his son think is happening? Oh yeah, like I would have loved a <laughs> so dad, is this your new girlfriend? Oh well no. He uh won me essentially in a poker game against my long term fiance who refused to marry me. Oh, that's cool, Dad. Uh, uh, we got, we got to go now. Like mom. Uh, you know it's a. That's the other part for me too. Yeah, is the fact that uh, that looks identical to mom. Yeah, because the thing was, like, as far as we can tell, James Con does not give a shit about Betsy. It's literally just the fact that she is identical to his dead wife. Like that is the entire driving force between him wanting to have a relationship with her is. The fact that she looks exactly like his dead wife. Nothing about her in particular. That's fair. Also, there was the part, too, that was getting me, which is as much as she keeps agreeing to, like, marry him and then, like, move to, like, Hawaii. It's just like, remember that thing that you have called a job? (laughs) Remember how you told that little boy you were going to see him on Monday after his parents are getting divorced? (laughs) And now you're just like, yeah, fuck you, kid. I don't care that you now have traumatic problems. What if James Conn in this movie was Dracula? And that explains why he just convinced everybody. And then this is just a weird Dracula remake, except at the end, Nicolas Cage doesn't get to kill James Conn Dracula. Nicolas Cage should have killed James Conn Dracula. Then Nicolas Cage would have gotten to jail. That premise does nothing for the plot of this movie. I also agree. (laughs) James Con Dracula uses hypnosis power, so it's less of Cage being a total sucker, and it's Betsy also fighting to regain her free will against the mesmeric powers of Dracula, played by James Con. But then it's not funny to the movie, and then it's not a comedy. 
It's funny when Cage is a sucker who keeps getting played. We it saw... has bad things happen to him. Look, look, we've seen a Cage vampire movie. I personally do not feel <laughs> there needs to be any more Cage vampire movies in existence. Here but if you did enjoy Cage and Elvis, we will be getting more Elvis Cage here, actually, relatively soon. And he tries leaving Las Vegas? No. Actually, maybe. It's been a long time since I've seen that. No, he, he, this time, though, we get to hear him singing Falling in Love with You. Mm-hmm. He says that to Laura Dern. Oh, no, Cage can sing and it's great. Can he really? Yeah. No, Cage actually has a pretty good voice. That is a shocking. Why do you think they keep getting into voice roles? The man, the man has a very nice sounding voice. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't try to do a weird accent. Yeah. This was a very nice and chill movie, and I appreciated it, and it felt like he had crazy cage energy exactly where he needed cage mm-hmm. crazy cage air energy instead of just carrying it throughout the entirety of the movie. I really appreciated that. Yeah. A lot. It seemed like Cage was just playing a role instead of, like, going wild with the role, which I also appreciated. Good for you, Mr. Cage. Good for you. Was he a believable romantic lead in this? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. This this was a good one. Everybody should... I'd say it was definitely even worth the $4 we ended up spending to rent it. Mm-hmm. it was you very... didn't just get the free trial with Amazon? I didn't want to I suggested that. Luke said we should just rent it. So that's what I ended up doing, because, oh, fun fact of stars, people, if you have stars. So first you log into stars, then you go to play Honeymoon in Vegas, but then you're told that you don't have the right level of stars, and fuck you, and you don't get to watch it. People, television is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you mean? It was, first off, why do I need to have a higher level of stars to watch a... 28-year-old movie? 28-year-old film. <laughs> when I can, like, watch all of, like, your new stuff. I watched, like, Men in Black International on that a couple months ago. That's a brand new film. Streaming rights are an insane thing. Yeah, they they are. really are. I would say part of me really wishes that they had just used the original Elvis versions for all of the songs. No, but they didn't use the best version of Evil Las Vegas, though, so that was disappointing. And also, Bruce Springsteen's version was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even realize that was Springsteen. I think. I, was- I'm only noticing that now because I'm on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yes, I actually think I told Luke that I did not like that version at all while we were listening to it before we discovered it was Springsteen. Yeah, well, because there was like a weird pause, like before, like he didn't realize. Oh, I'm so. Oh, I'm supposed to start the chorus now. Whoops. <laughs> yep. Uh, the be- the best version of Viva Las Vegas is the one that the Dead Kennedys sing at the end of their classic album, Fresh Fruit for Rotten Vegetables. Uh, I have not heard that version. Neither have I. Mostly it's very fun. Well, they do a... It's a very straightforward cover, but it's mostly very funny that you have this big, like, anarchistic punk band. <laughs> doing an Elvis <laughs> cover? Doing, yeah. And specifically Viva Las Vegas. The music... It was kind of hard to tell... Like, I don't know if, like, somebody had to write the script with the idea in mind of using Elvis songs as the soundtrack. Oh, because 100%. everything dovetailed so perfectly. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I truly did appreciate the fact that there was an Elvis song for every scenario in this film. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Well, and there's also a Broadway musical of Honeymoon in Vegas. Which is just the Elvis musical. Uh, no, it looks like they wrote everything. Interesting. Yeah, a very weird choice. I'd see that in, on Broadway in Columbus. I would too. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, but I truly, really enjoyed this film. I even enjoyed screaming... Fuck you to James Caan, a shit ten during this movie. 
You did it was a good time. Favorite Tony. James Con roll? Must now count the movies I have seen James Con in. Well, mostly there's the big one, which is everyone remembers him mostly as Will Ferrell's father in Elf. Right. Right. Uh, in the musical, it started with Tony Danza in the James Con roll. Interesting. I don't really. That's not how I picture Danza. And uh, Theodore Knight, or T.R. Knight, who was George O'Malley on Grey's Anatomy, was in the cage role. I have no idea who that is. I can see that. Was that McSteamy? No, he was George. Like, in the first two seasons. I didn't watch it. He has sad eyes. I just threw out a a character that I know. He has the correct amount of big, stupid, sad eyes. Oh, okay. To be believable in that role. Um, I truly believe that the only movie I have seen James Conn in, other than this one, is in Elf. So I will say that, yes, I think this is my favorite James Conn role. Let's see, how many James Con movies have I seen? Con, do you count them all? Boo. Fuck you, Luke. <laughs> Boo. Oh, he was also in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 1 and 2. I never saw him. I've heard Wait. they were very good. Holy hell, you have not seen the Cloudy with the Chance... Oh, and of course, James Con was in The Godfather. <laughs> Silly of me. I have not seen it, any of them. This is the wildest thing that you have told me in this podcast, Evan. I have no... Yeah, how did you not see Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs? Because uh, I was a freshman in college when it came out? Yeah, and I was a sophomore, and I also saw both of them. Yeah, hey, they're good. Just never got a chance around to it. I was a junior in high school, but I do not believe I saw Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs until sometime in college, probably. Devin has seen all of the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. I mean, this is why I am surprised. That's true. I did see all of them. I don't understand how those things are... They're both kids' movies. There are so many children's movies. Do you have any idea how many children's movies come out a year? Mm-hmm. It would be a staggering amount to watch every single one of them. Okay, but it's a Lord and Miller produced film. It's got Bill Hader in it, Andy Samberg, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah? Yeah, these are all people who Devin has a known affinity for. I thought he would have seen them. Well, those, I'll get to it. Oh, and who can ever forget James Caan in as Father McNally in the hit film That's My Boy? There is apparently a Is that where I, is that where I've abandoned my boy comes from? No. Sweet God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh no, first off, let's talk about the difference between those films. That's, I've abandoned my boy comes from the film There'll Be Blood. Yeah. About rich billionaire oil tycoon Daniel mm-hmm. Plainview, played by the hit Daniel Day-Lewis. That is my boy stars Adam Sandler as he is trying to reconnect with his son at the d- date of his wedding, Andy Samberg. Uh, also, I want to let Abby know there is a high school AU st- version of Wuthering Heights with James Caan in it. Called Wuthering High School. Surprisingly, the... I have not seen this. <coughs> yeah. He is also the villain in the movie Bottle Rocket, Wes Anderson's first movie. I don't remember much about that movie. I'm not sure I've ever seen a Wes Anderson movie. Fantastic Mr. Fox. No. Life Aquatic? No. Royal Tannenbaums? 
Nope. Isle of Dogs? Nope. No, Moonrise like... Kingdom? Nope. Grand Budapest Hotel? Nope. Rushmore? His nope. best one? Yeah, I mean, I saw Darjeeling Limited, but really, no. Yeah, people yeah. saw that one. No, I have never seen a Wes Anderson film. That's all of his films, so then the answer is yes. You have not seen any of his films. I mean, fair. I think I saw like 15 minutes of Fantastic Mr. Fox and was just like, mm, this seems. Also, is it fair? Weird. That man's great. I mean, it's more. Based on what I know about Abby's viewing. Oh, then fair. Also, wow, Life Aquatic only has a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. To be fair, I don't love that one as much as I know a lot of people do. No, James, if you were to suggest... Sorry, Devin. If you were to suggest someone starts a... what, What is the best Wes Anderson film, in your opinion? My personal favorite one is Rushmore. I don't necessarily know if that's the best starting one. I'm a fantastic Mr. Fox fan. For me, for starting one, I would say you would watch either The Royal Tenenbaums or Moonrise Kingdom. I have had heard good things about Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Royal Tenenbaums, I've just seen weird Gwyneth Paltrow gifts of. Yes. I mean, that's probably, like, his most classic of films. That's, like, the one that got him, like, big. Yeah. I mean... Moonrise Kingdom is probably his most accessible film, also, I would say. So probably the best place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, it's where you get to see Bruce Willis is in it, and you actually see him acting. Instead of just kind of playing, just phoning it in like he has been doing for, like, the last, like, 15 years. I'm sure I've seen a Bruce Willis movie. I just truly cannot think of one off the top of my head. Die Hard? Nope. That's also fair. That movie is overrated. Hot takes right here. The Pulp Fiction. Nope. Looper. Nope. Unbreakable slash glass. Nope. The Sixth Sense. Nope. Armageddon, where Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck make out nope. to the song played by Liv Tyler's dad, and it's supposedly not weird. Nope. Hudson Hawk. Nope. Hudson Hawk is her. only okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up to 2011, and I have not read any of them. Nope. G.I. Joe 2, the good one. Nope. Rugrats Go Wild. No. Last Boy Scout, where he and Ian Wayans take on in crime? I've actually never seen a Bruce Willis movie. The Kid? Oh, shit. Okay, I've seen a single Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, The Kid was a good one. <laughs> the Kid is, like, one of my mother's favorite movies. I think we saw that one in theaters three times. Interesting. <laughs> And that was, like, I believe relatively soon after Easton had opened. So I have distinct memories from driving from Bexley to Easton at least twice to see the kid in theaters. The time I remember seeing the kid was at the Boy Scout overnight at the Columbus Crew Stadium, and they showed it on the Jumbotron. It's a weird choice. Yeah, and then the next night they showed Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. That's a much more reasonable choice. Yeah. The kid's a weird choice to show kids. Yeah. I guess the only time I've seen that movie. That's fair. I truly could go without of seeing it as many times as I have seen it. But so also there you go. Fair. I have seen one Bruce Willis movie and no Wes Anderson movies. Okay, so look forward to our next podcast, Bruce Willising. Moonrise Kingdom also has Edward Norton being fun instead of not fun like he normally is. I don't believe that's possible. 
I don't think that Edward Norton has a speed other than sad little weirdo. What have you seen Ed Norton in? Eddie Dorts. Fight Club? <laughs> okay. I was being fair, that's the most Edward Norton yeah. films, but... <laughs> yeah, I just forgot that you had seen Fight Club. I think that and no, he was. Uh, my, that's my bad. He was also very happy in the hit film "Death to Smoochie," which is great. That's where Edward Norton plays a Barney type character, as Robin Williams is trying to get revenge on him for getting his show canceled. It's a rocket ship. That's the only thing that I know where. The cookies all look like penises, and he just plays it off like they're rockets. Yep. Okay, and I have only ever seen Fight Club, which is the only Edward Norton film I have seen. Too hmm. so that's the biggest one. Also, another hot take, that movie's. Yeah, it's not great. Look at me, edgelords in high school. Ooh, I'm so dark and mysterious. I love Fight Club. It's a well-made movie that a lot of people miss the point of. Also, I love Ikea. Uh, we are running kind of long here, though. so That's um, fine. Let's talk about other David Fitch movies. Social Network. Fuck, that was good. I have seen that one. <laughs> yeah. We talked about it last time. Fine. Seven. Also great. Abby has not seen that one. Zodiac, super underrated. Also very good. Wait, Abby, what do you think Seven is about? Gambling? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe try and guess what's in the box. That's true. I always assumed it was kind of a Vegas heist movie. One of my favorite tweets that was going around the other day, Luke was so was posting. It was on film Twitter, and they were just like, "What's your favorite movie where the lead couple doesn't end up together at the end?" First response: Seven. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I haven't seen that movie all the way through, but I saw enough of it. Oh, Uh, I've I've also seen. Benjamin Button. Oh, sounds like the one of his I haven't seen. <laughs> it is way too long. So I've heard. I also haven't seen Gone Girl. So I have actually seen more David Fincher movies than Bruce Willis or Edward Norton movies. Nice. Well, he has actually made like some of the biggest movies in like the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Fair. The Big Girl, the Dragon Tattoo, the American remake was not as good as the Swedish one. That's so I heard. assume Seven is not a Vegas heist movie. No, no. it is seven. about a serial killer who is basically committing all of his murders and crimes based off the set of Deadly Sins. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, that's not a heist movie. I mean, it could be. <laughs> and it's it's uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Morgan Freeman are the detectives trying to find the killer. Mm-hmm. Don't some people spell it with an L? No, well, it's are because you- the V is the number seven. You might also be thinking of Lucky Number Slevin. Probably. Ooh, there's also that. Is that also not a Vegas heist movie? <laughs> no. It was a little bit more of a heist movie. Yeah, yeah. My but default no. For but me. it is a Bruce Willis movie! I was gonna say, but it is a Bruce Willis movie. And Josh Hartnett. <laughs> and Stanley Tucci. Yeah. That's how movie. It was actually very good. And mm-hmm. also Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and Danny Aiello. Someone gets decapitated. It was really funny. I don't remember who, though. <laughs> yeah. Love a good neck chop. Yeah. Well, well, if you, it. That's right. If you love a good neck chop, you might also enjoy Kung Fu Hustle. That's true. God, I love Stephen Chow. Someone wanted to keep going when I said, well, let's wrap this up. Let's talk about Stephen Chow movies now, guys. I can guarantee you I have never seen a Stephen Chow movie. Yeah. And Did I've you only see seen Kung one. Fu Hustle? 
I've seen Kung Fu Panda. Did you see Shaolin Soccer? No. I've seen it several times listed on things, and I've never watched it. You ever seen Shaolin Soccer? No, I've never seen Shaolin Soccer. I've heard good things. Oh, man. No, it's great. Then that's fair. You probably haven't seen anything else, because most of his other movies are... Didn't get the same uh, release exposure. Oh. Yeah, no, he did the mermaid one. Yeah, that got played, but that wasn't like huge. Like Is no, but I saw that one. Oh, okay, okay. No, I, I was just saying I saw the movie he made about mermaids. Okay. He also produced the live action Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs> A waste of money. That movie was an affront. <laughs> it was. But, Especially, uh, too, yeah. when you get Chao Yun Fat to play Master Roshi. And he doesn't but, even get to be horny. No. It's like you literally got the best person to play of how could you have messed everything else up so bad. I mean, the entire thing is bad. I'm horrified thinking about how they're supposed to be doing a live-action One Piece adaptation on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be bad. They're trying to put in too much stuff. But, uh, yeah, we should wrap up because it is almost 10 p.m. here. Nah. So. Let's talk about HBO Max. It's out now, guys. There's probably some Nick Cage movies on there. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Coltrane. We did rewatch Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which is on HBO Max. We did. Nice. I have not watched that yet. Heard it was very good. It's excellent. You haven't seen it at all? Nah. Oh, God, yeah. It's it's beautiful. Or even the TV show. Well, I've seen bits and pieces of yeah, you don't need to watch the TV show. No. And for me, it's I've been going through the entire series of uh, regular show. Uh, There's a quality program. God, I love Pops. Pops watch is an episode wonderful. of him singing Footloose. <laughs> yep. And also the four little ducks. Bunch of baby ducks. Send them to the moon. We got um, <laughs> Apple TV plus this week so we have watched mythic quest and central park which were both excellent central park still has episodes yeah mythic quest raven's banquet is excellent is that the, the max show yeah. no that's on apple plus no but he means what you just said? From it's always oh. sunny yeah yeah it's yeah sunny. oh i i thought you meant m-a-x not m-a-c apostrophe s no yeah yeah, yeah, it's very good. Uh, it's also got Rickety Cricket in it. <gasps> Cricket's in it? Nice. Uh-huh. I've only watched two things on the plus, and I only have it because I forgot to cancel my trial. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, Beastie Boys stories on there. It was good. I haven't watched it yet, but no, you should go and binge Mythic Quest. The Emily Dickinson show is also fun. There's an Emily Dickinson show? Hell yeah, you got weird teen... Drama, the Emily Dickinson show. Oh, Haley Steinfeld is Emily that's right, Dickinson. That's right, the one with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, okay. I do recall this now. First off, it's like teen dramas. Love them. Haley Steinfeld, love her. Both of those together. Yeah, it was good. And that oh, show that Captain America is in that I did not watch. Yeah, where he's holding a tiny child who maybe did a crime. Yeah. Wait, Captain America? Yeah, Chris Evans, the good Chris. No, I thought you said C-A-T-S-I-N, America, and I was very confused as to what this show is. Chris got hollowed out, and now he's just a bunch of cats. Yeah. In a human suit. If you're going to destroy a famous Chris, can you not do it to Evans? Pratt, Pratt's really the one we need the least. We can sacrifice him. And also, yeah, there, there's two good Chris. Well, actually, there's three good Chris. It's really just Chris Pratt's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hemsworth, Pine, and uh, Evans are all good. Yes. Pratt's yeah, just had kind of a crazy downward trajectory where it's like, oh no, you're actually kind of terrible. He's been called in for all of the uh, all the deals that he made and it's destroying him. Yep. I believe it. Now he's a Schwarzenegger. And you know what else is now? What? You can find me on Twitter at, at Coltrek. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Also, 
I did the initial steps for setting up the website for the channel that is going to host this. It is the Luke Hare Podcast Project. So you'll be able to find it on iTunes and other systems soon enough. It'll go up earlier on Patreon than on uh, iTunes and the other systems, though. Neat. Cool. Mm -hmm. You can find me at Twitter at, at, at Adonis. That's A-B-B-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. And you can find me online watching HBO Max. Dexter's Laboratory has been on there. Man, that's been good. You can also find me online at Fred Ophethes, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And in two weeks, we'll be back. What we're going to watch is sort of up in the air. It's tiring and awful outside, so we may just need to watch another fun movie and not subject ourselves to bad things. Uh, we held a poll, and G-Force got the most votes, so we might be watching G-Force next. How? Who voted for G-Force? I rescinded my G-Force votes. Too late. That's where he's the ha the hamster. I thought you said he was a mole. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Neither have I. But it's on Disney Plus. Hell yeah! Next time, will we watch G Force? Uh, maybe. Let us know if we have to watch G Force. The uh, world may never know. And sincere thank you to everyone who has given feedback to the show and who has been listening to it. Oh, we two of you. We appreciate. There's feedback. That. Mm-hmm. What do they say, Luke? We have two listeners who like the podcast. We have two One is the other Jeff, but... Yeah. What, it, what does Jeff think of the podcast? He enjoys it. Uh, the Jeff last... thinks we should have watched G-Force, but... <laughs> I think and... Jeff was firmly in the camp of the guy with a flaming skeleton for a head. That's not what I saw him post this morning. When I found out that we had a poll on Patreon, I was looking on your Twitter account. Like a fool. <laughs> no, but apparently there are two people who like to listen to mm -hmm. us discuss kind of Nick Cage movies and also other movies that I have not seen. Mm-hmm. Which it today helps. you learned a lot of them. <laughs> I learned I learned how I learned so many movies I have not seen. We'll just start doing picture in picture, so we'll have you watch Seven and Cloudy with a chance of meatballs at the same what time. What if we just increased it? Like, we just added a layer of a movie, so we were really just watching, like, a hundred movies I hadn't seen at one time, and it was just terrible cacophony from hell. Okay, David Bowie in that movie where he's an alien from space who just keeps watching a bunch of TVs all the time. Yeah. Abby's trying to kill me now. Anyways, we'll be back in two more weeks. Thank you all for listening, and see you later. Catch you on the flip mode. Are you going to say peace? Peace.